Hello, this is Lunar Poetry Podcast. My name is David Turner. Today's episode is a discussion led by poet Emily Harrison about using creative writing for therapeutic purposes. Emily is joined by Wendy French and Marie Larkin, who both work as therapists, employing creative writing as their main tool. The discussion takes as its starting point the fact that Emily, Wendy and Marie all agree that creative writing can be beneficial in a therapeutic sense. The question of whether it is or it isn't is far too complicated for an hour-long podcast, so we chose a side before we started. Emily and her guests discuss different approaches to using creative writing in groups and with individuals both within the NHS and out in the community, as it were. They cover a lot of ground and I think the conversation will be of interest to those that feel like they would like to go into facilitating workshops themselves and those who feel like they may benefit from creative writing in a therapeutic sense. This episode was made possible with money... I received from Arts Council England last summer, so a big thank you to them. There will also be a full transcript available to accompany this episode, again funded by the Arts Council. So again, a big thank you to them. I am extremely grateful. There'll be a link in the episode description to follow if you'd like to download that transcript. As always, you can follow everything that we're up to by going to Lunar Poetry Podcast on Tumblr, Facebook, SoundCloud or iTunes, or silent underscore tongue on Twitter. If you like what we do, then please tell your friends or share our episodes online. I don't have a marketing budget or indeed a clue how to do that, so it would be a big help. Here's the discussion, and if you'd like to keep it rolling after you've listened, then get in touch on social media. Cheers. Hello, my name is Emily Harrison. I'm a poet, a teacher, and also have been a user of psychiatric services in London, both as an outpatient and an inpatient. Um, I'm here today with two lovely ladies. I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. I'm Wendy French. Um, I've spent many years working in healthcare using writing as a tool to help young people express themselves when they're going through difficulties. And I'm Marie Larkin. I'm an integrative therapist and I also have a master's in creative writing for therapeutic purposes and I run groups now and workshops around using writing to help people and also um, I use it since doing my training in a one-to-one situation with clients as well. Okay I I just wanted to start off by asking if you had to explain to somebody what kind of services you offer how would you go about explaining that? I think the services I offer I'm offering workshops for people Mm -hmm. who may find it difficult to express themselves by talking in a one-to-one with a therapist um, sometimes it's easier to write things down than to uh, to talk. I, I work with individuals and with groups too. And the groups I prefer, I'll be honest, because people feed off one another. They talk mm-hmm. to one another, they read out their work, they comment on one another and it helps them all to feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Marie, do you have a similar situation with both one-to-one and, um, and group work? Well, I do predominantly one-to-one mm-hmm. and my group work is building up now. Um, and there is a really different dynamic in 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 the group setting. There is there is something about people sharing, and I think that's mm. that's part of why groups and mental health are so valuable. Is that it's so destigmatizing mm-hmm. that that you get to hear somebody say something. You go, oh, it's not just me, but words on the page can also be like that. But that one to one therapy does that as well. But I think ultimately people are living in the world and and experiencing other people and their responses to to who we are and how we are 
not not just the safety of the therapy I think is really valuable. So do you think there would be a specific person or patient or situation in which one-to-one is is much better than a group situation? Mm. Definitely yes Mm. there are people who perhaps have shied away from other people for whatever reason and they take comfort in just Mm -hmm. being with one person even if to begin with they just sit in the room and nobody says very much that's a sort of that's a comfort and because basically we're social animals but so to be with just one person is is the beginning of the road to recovery yes yes I don't know if you've ever found it Wendy that with with people where people will start off in, in one-to-one work with you and then at some point want to join a group? Or? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I, particularly when I worked at the hospital that happened a lot. People would come and then they'd say I'm not going into um, any something mm. something group because mm. they had problems, we had a lot of language mm. at the beginning and then they would gradually conform and want to be with the group and be with the others and, and be part of part of what was going on. Do you think it's a confidence thing to, to have to, it's quite difficult obviously to share experiences and to feel comfortable in doing that with some with other people not just with a professional perhaps my view is it's something about courage and safety yeah that and and knowing that it's possible that I think for some people it can take a long time to 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 trust in a one-to-one therapy relationship to be able to tell their story to Mm. tell part to tell parts of their story that have felt so shameful or so unspeakable mm. or where even if it hasn't been shameful, unspeakable, they, they, they felt, felt that it's not okay to talk about feelings. I mean, that's that's a mm-hmm. big one. People struggle sometimes yeah. to talk about feelings. So the one-to-one work it's, uh, can, build, can build the trust, but writing in a one-to-one therapy context can also be really valuable because... There was a piece of research done with um, people with schizophrenia and writing in between sessions was quite helpful for some of them because they were able to keep a, a dialogue with themselves and keep an, a, a form of expression going on the page in between sessions and it, and it, and it helped stabilise them. But also one of the participants said that she was able to say things on the page that she wouldn't feel okay to say anywhere else. Mm. So putting things down for her on the page and then reading it back was sometimes a stepping stone to be able to actually getting the words out of the mouth into to the therapist. That's really interesting because I've really found that as well. Because mm. I've, I've said that, you know, E.M. Forster said, how do I know what I feel until I see it written down? Mm. So I can say mm. that to some of the, the patients or the children. And also, as you said, if they're keeping a diary or a dialogue with mm-hmm. themselves, they can read back and they for- might forget what they've written yesterday because however, whatever chaos is in their mind, they can't always remember everything. But then they can read back and thought, that's what I felt yesterday. Am I still yeah. feeling that? Yes. Have yeah. I moved on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, sometimes when when things are written down, there's there's almost a sense of, of reclaiming something that you didn't have control over in the first place. Um, have you found that at all that kind of, we, we all write as well, I, I, and the idea that when you write something down, there's a sense of control over something that perhaps has happened to you that you didn't have a say in, but now you mm. have a say in how it is how it's expressed. 
I love that idea of reclaiming. I've never thought of yeah. it in, in those yeah. terms. But, Interesting. Yeah. But, but yeah, reclaiming. And that's, that's one of the things that I've noticed in workshops that I run. There is always at least one person, often more, irrespective of what the, the subject is. And at the end of the workshop, somebody will say, I've got in touch with a part of myself that's long lost and yeah. forgotten that and it's often mm. something that goes mm. back to childhood and it's usually something yeah. around play mm. and it's usually mm. something around I'm connecting with this thing I've remembered that I used to really like writing or I used to really like reading poetry or I used to really like comedy or that because that's one of the things that I'm particularly interested in oh, the yeah. therapeutic benefits yes. of comedy yeah. but people often find they've connected with something so yeah that that just but I've never thought of it in those words that you said but yeah but also going back to what you said uh, I think a bit earlier um, or maybe it was you Emily when you write something down you're actually removing a little bit of the pain only a tiny tiny bit from your head to the paper so when you read it back it's just slightly distance from what you were feeling before because it's written on the paper mm. I think mm. and then you can read it and think Yes, that's me. You know, I work with adults exclusively, but you've worked a lot with children. Yes. I was just wondering if if th th you've noticed particular, obviously not about the content of, of what's written, the, 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 the style, but if there's a, 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 something you notice that's different about working with children with mental health problems versus adults in well, writing. I suppose I do in a way because most of the children I've worked with have been adolescents mm. and adolescents have their own problems anyway. Mm. So you add, take an adolescence who's troubled just through ordinary adolescence mm. and give a mental health component and you're going to have someone a bit like a, a caged animal trying to get out. Whereas I have worked with adults yeah. and they've been more contained. Their difficulties come through in a completely different way than from children who will kick and swear and what have you mm. until they get to a place where they feel more comfortable. But I've never worked with adults who've come in kicking or swearing. They've usually come because they want to be there. Yes. I, I, I yes. don't know, maybe your experience is different. I've, I've certainly worked with some people on an individual basis and actually in a group I used to run uh, in employment support services where people have come not because they particularly want to be there but they feel they should be there mm. or in some cases mm -hmm. people uh, people have come and said you know I've I've tried everything else so I might as well give this yeah. a go but I'm not feeling yeah. awfully confident yeah. about it I was going to ask the both of you um, how do people get involved in your courses um, are they um, in institutions or, or through institutions or is this is there a more of a community center feel where people can uh, don't need to be referred well, when I worked at the hospital and I worked with um, in the forensic department, I worked mainly there with individuals who were referred from their psycholo uh, psychologist or mm -hmm. psychiatrist. And the children, it was part of their schooling. They came over to school each day and I ran a course um, two or three times a week for writing. They may not want to take part, and they, but um, it was part of their sort of programme for the day. There were many days they didn't come in or one wouldn't come in mm -hmm. and then they, they would gradually come in. With adults, I work for CAMS and I thought, do you know, it's Adult Mental Health Services. I can't remember what the C stands for. It's a southeast Child. Child and adult. Thank you very much. I've forgotten the most important thing. Child and adult mental health services. I work for them. Mm -hmm. So that was voluntary for adults oh. uh, weekly. 
Yeah. And do they run, uh, they run writing groups? Or you ran writing groups for I, them? I ran writing groups for them, yes. Fantastic. It was based in Croydon. Mm. I, I, mine's slightly different. I work in private practice, so yeah. I get, um, I see clients mostly, they will contact me mm -hmm. either through a therapy centre that I work in, in Brighton, mm -hmm. or through my website or through the BACP, the British Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy website. So I, I'll get most of my referrals that way. Sometimes other colleagues refer people to me. Um, and then the groups, I will publicise that on places like Lapidus, the oh, yes. Writing mm -hmm. for Wellbeing organisation, or NAWE, the National Association of Writers for Ed in Education. Um, and I'm just starting with a colleague. We're going to be running some more projects in, in Brighton, in, uh, not in partnership, but based at an art gallery. We're wanting to oh, really wow. build the creative side of it. But So at the moment, I'm, I'm not doing any uh, voluntary funded work, mm -hmm. but there, there are a couple of places I've got my eye on that I'd like to approach to do some some work with in, in particular but I can't say what they are I'd like to say what they are because I haven't sort yeah. of gone through all discussions with them yeah. but places where I might do some voluntary yeah. uh, free groups Amazing. or um because I enjoy it as mm. much as anything mm. else it's, it's part of my living but um because mm. yeah. like it's 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 a recording people can't see but sort of Wendy and I keep looking across the table and going yes <laughs> there's something really yeah. special yeah um, and very enriching about being in a group of people mm. who are writing and expressing I find I love it or I wouldn't do it even yeah. though it's, it's not without its difficulties I mean I've yeah. just finished a poet residency at Macmillan Cancer Centre I know that's not all mental health but mm. mental health comes mm, into into mm. the well-being of people who are recovering mm. a couple of um, our really good friends in the group have died mm. they're all at different stages of cancer um, and it's hard but I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it if I didn't get something from the people and you give of yourself yeah. I hope Oh, this is quite a difficult question. I understand this, but um, I, what are the purpose of the sessions? Are you looking to? Is it just about self-expression? Is it about um, helping people kind of improve their writing? Can it be both? Well, for me, it's both. For me, it's friendship mm -hmm. because people come to the group. They're isolated in their illness or their mental health problem, and they're coming to a group of like-minded people, or they may be very not like-minded, but they, there's something that is bringing them together, whether it's cancer or a mental mm -hmm. illness. And they come and they can just be truthful and be themselves. Nobody's judging them. But I think they write because they want to write. And I think part of the recovery program, and you may not agree, is the editing of their work too, taking out the chaotic bits and having a piece of writing that they're pleased with mm. and they think I've written that out of this bit of chaos of ramblings and what have you I've got either this short prose or this mm. poem and I have done that and it says how I feel. Mm. I always feel a, a, there's a sense of self-worth when I create something. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I feel absolutely. there was a purpose there yes. and especially if it's to do with something that's been like we've talked about the difficulty and the pain, being able to just kind of you do both things at the same time. You're, you're, mm. you're as I said, reclaiming experience, but you're also creating something, and there's a sense of pride that comes yeah. with that. I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 What would you say the the purpose 
again, that's such a big word, the purpose. What is the meaning of everything? But the, the purpose of <laughs> the purpose of, of, of the courses, what, what would you like people to ultimately get out of their experience with you? The first thing I think would be about find people finding their voices. Mm. Um, not necessarily their creative voice, it's just, just being able to find mm. their voice, being able to speak. And I think that, that's that's both in individual therapy and in in writing groups. Um, I think being able to find your voice, being able to be you, I think, how we say and what what we say, and, and being able to experiment with different ways. And yeah. one of the things that I think the purpose of the writing groups can bring, or writing in one-to-one therapy, is to be able to experiment with that. People will sometimes, well, we all do, we get yeah. stuck into our own expressions and our own yeah. dialogues and our own narratives. Mm-hmm. And when we, oh yeah, I'm telling that story again and it always ends that way because yeah. I'm always that one and they're always that. And then mm-hmm. sometimes when you write it, you can introduce things like exercises or dialogue exercises or character sketches. And you, as you start writing and using that creative part of your brain, you, you can look at it and as you were saying before, the page is holding it for you, so you've got a record, so you can revisit it. You don't have to worry about, yeah. oh, what if I forget? I, I said that really good thing in yeah. therapy, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. When you're writing, it'll come out, and you've got it there, and you can go, oh, actually, you know, I always say that that thing was really upsetting, but if I look at it from, from, that, per- yeah. from that angle, I can also see, mm-hmm. and it's not an either or, it's, it's bringing that also in so for me i just was scribbling down some notes when wendy was talking thinking about what's the purpose for me and it's self-knowledge the ability to express finding a voice and then that being pleased with something that you've done me and me and david were talking about this idea that sometimes when you sit down to write and you're not in a very uh, you're not in a very healthy place for example, especially when I'm having psychotic symptoms, I find that something such as free writing, where I'm just allowed to write mm. anything I want, can be quite dangerous. Mm. I can mm. I can um, write something on a page that actually can frighten me mm. um, yeah. because I've been yeah. given the freedom to kind of express quite daft sometimes. We use the word da- quite mm. daft, but also quite mm. sometimes quite you know frightening ideas of, of not really being connected to reality perhaps yeah and I, I love this idea of the approaches that there is a there's a form and a structure and having a specific task and that's where I think facilitating comes in mm. as being much more useful and helpful than if I was to write on my own because obviously everyone can write and mm. there are opportunities to write but I, I'm, I'm interested in that idea of what does a facilitator bring because for me it, it's that form that structure somebody telling me this is a specific task and I wondered yeah. whether you'd experienced that actually being very helpful for oh, patients. That, that's how I run my groups. Mm-hmm. I go in each week and I first I give them a sentence and they write before we go around and introduce ourselves or say anything I give them a sentence and it might be last night I laid my dream upon the pillow mm. and then they write for five minutes and that's really to clear their heads and they read back whatever they've written it doesn't matter where it's gone daft factual, whatever, fantasy, it doesn't matter. And then I take a theme, um, it might be a colour, mm-hmm. they might be exploring the colour blue. I might ask them when, when can they, do, could they remember when they first thought about blue? Do they like blue? What does it mean? And then I might ask many stories like Bluebeard or any mm-hmm. others where blue signifies 
um, and then we uh, and I go on and then what about the sea and when did you last go to the sea and tell me something in your childhood and it goes on like this so they've always got something they can deviate as much as they like but I'd never want anyone to come and think I haven't got a thing to write about <laughs> mm, yeah, and so that, that, and then and yeah. then they can read back mm -hmm. or not but they nearly always want to and then they can take it away to develop into mm. whatever they want yeah. Mm. Do you have a similar experience with facilitating? You feel like you're allowing people to have a kind of a vision, perhaps. I always try and think of it as blinkers, trying mm. to reduce that space. You're not taking away the creativity, but you're reducing perhaps what somebody could possibly be, be writing down or thinking about. I think for me, that's where it really makes a difference who you're working with in terms of the client group and what they're wanting and where they're at because mm -hmm. there might be certain uh, writing prompts or um, exercises I would do that if somebody were in a, in a psychotic phase mm -hmm. or, or if somebody was very prone to visual disturbances, hallucinations, mm -hmm. those sorts of things, or hearing voices, if they weren't terribly well in that, in that moment, then certain of these exercises really would be quite damaging so yes. one of the things for example that I, I will do with people around writing for stress management would be to invite them to write from the voice of something that doesn't speak mm. usually and literally write from that now that's fine in all sorts of circumstances but if you're someone who who hears voices yeah, and and who has paranoid fantasies mm -hmm. about say their computer talking Objects, to them course, yeah. that would be terribly damaging mm -hmm. so I think there's something really important about knowing who you're working with at any given time I and totally, tailoring yeah. I'm yeah. sorry I didn't mean to interrupt oh, I was going to say I totally agree and that's mm. why sometimes it is quite dangerous going in if you've got new people coming mm. in you've planned a session but you're not absolutely sure what's going on for yeah. uh, that new person you have to it's very difficult to think I don't want to mention family because that might be a trigger mm -hmm. for all sorts of um, disturbances. Yeah. How, um, how do you approach yeah. that in a group setting? Is there, is there a time at the beginning where you kind of ask people what, what they want? Is, is it just because you've, you've obviously been working around people who have, um, who have mental health problems or disorders that you, you are just you're kind of in tune to that? Or is it something that is specifically put into your planning that you allow this time for for sharing or for or for the users to say what they would particularly want from the session? I don't usually ask the users. I mean, you may totally disagree because I think if I had 10 in a group, there might be 10 different things that came up. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's very difficult. I usually... I assess, I have to go with a gut feeling mm. often. You go in, there may be eight people you know well, and there may be one you don't know. And so I kind of, I gear towards the eight, but you have to be so careful about that ninth person mm. that, and watch if agitation starts to come out in them. And it's about being able to recognise those early warning signs it's in early, people, yes. which again can yeah. be very individual, but also can be um, can be quite universal, you, yes. you know. You, if you can, if you can read people's emotions, yeah. then you can see when someone's getting slightly agitated. And then, would you choose to? I might go and speak to them quietly mm -hmm. and take them away yeah. and say, "Would you like to sit here? Would you like to talk to me? Would you like to go and come again? Because you're, you know, we'd love you to stay or yeah. come, but I don't want you to feel um, nervous or." Mm -hmm. yeah, or it to be more harmful than or more, to be more yeah, harmful exactly. than helpful exactly yes. that's yeah 
I've certainly had the situation where I've I've had a conversation with somebody outside of the group. I've left the, the group to, mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. get on with something and gone to speak to somebody because something has come up or they've needed, they've wanted me to know about something yeah. that, that might affect them. But I think what you're raising, that whole point about safety is so, so important because I think you could, we're really passionate about the positive benefits mm -hmm. As per, there are a negative benefits about the, <laughs> about the benefits about all yeah. the, the great things about writing and, and using writing yeah. for well-being but you know what you were saying was really important about there are cautions and that you you might need to mm -hmm. exercise a level of self-care mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. depending on where you're at in your in your mental health and I think that's what that's what Wendy and I would would do in in, in groups which would yeah. be to just lay down some boundaries at the beginning yes, lay down yes. some safety and yeah. um give people a choice yes. i think it's it's yeah. not like going to a class where we're all going to do this exercise now mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. one thing i'll sometimes do with is is to say we can there's a choice here's an exercise but if you feel mm -hmm. that that's going to take you somewhere that you might not want to go Benny. or monitor yourself as you go along if you find yourself going somewhere that feels like it might be too traumatizing mm -hmm. or too painful, then don't don't go there. Put yeah. some this this might not be the space. You offer an alternative, perhaps. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that's something I was really interested in because um, I've done uh, I've done creative writing. I've facilitated workshops for for children. I work in a school, um, but there is something and and with adults actually. But there's something you're working with people who. Uh, who are vulnerable um, and who ultimately um, are, are needing your help um, in whatever form that manifests itself. Um, and safeguarding is something that I was really, really interested in. So I've been to group therapy sessions where um, it, it's just it's just conversation that there was no writing, where there were very clear guidelines at the beginning. For example, we weren't allowed to know each other's surnames. Um, it was suggested that we, we didn't have contact outside of the outside of the room. It was just every week or two when we met up, um, we would, you know, kind of discuss um, what had been going on and then that wouldn't leave that space and when you're creating something with writing and you're creating something that people like we were talking about are very proud of they may want to share that and I was wondering how um, how, how you get around that kind of idea that you want it to be a safe space and perhaps a confidential space at times but you would also like people to be able to take what they've experienced out into their lives away from the room with you well I think for me that has to then stay with the individual. They, we, we have the ground rules are you never talk about anyone else out of the group, you never say anything that anyone has said, you don't even comment on anyone's writing out of the group. Mm -hmm. This is all between these four walls and we have to have this level of trust between us. Yeah. But if you want to go out of the group and go and show your partner or your child something that you have written, that's fine. Yeah. That's good because they might want to share it because it might help their partner, child or whoever have a, sli a slightly better understanding of what's mm -hmm. going on. I, I think that's yeah. how I work anyway. I'd, I'd say absolutely the same. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. What, what happens in the group, apart from what you have written yourself, yes. um, yeah. is, yeah. is, is totally private. The same as in one-to-one -one therapy. Mm -hmm. you know, people yeah. can... Bring things into therapy, yeah. and, and unless there are certain, unless there are certain legal 
yeah. boundaries that are crossed where I would have to disclose yeah. um, that which is something different. But but what what gets said in therapy and and you can say things that are quite extreme in therapy yes. about how you're feeling and, yeah. and and on the page. Why is writing so important in recovering from any sort of psychiatric trauma? What is it about writing as an act in particular? Because as I've got friends who, who go running or who throw themselves into exercise, throw themselves into, um, into other art forms, but what is it about writing in particular that is so important in people's recovery? All of those things are valuable. I mean, mm. exercise and, and all of those physical pursuits are really good for lowering the adrenaline levels and build you know, detoxing in that way and building up some physical resilience. So that's that's not to say they, they it's not an either yep. or. Yep. <laughs> but the thing with writing, I think, is that it is permanent. You can't forget it mm-hmm. um, in that you can... It's there and also writing with a pen... A pen and paper, as opposed to typing, has yeah. it uses the brain in a different way. And I was rereading some research recently, and some of it's being contested. But there's a general sense that how the craft, because actually writing letters at a very simple level is a creative process compared to typing, because yeah. you have to craft the shape of and the letters, and, and you have a cho- you have a choice how it looks at every point you have a choice how the letters look and yeah. is my handwriting going to be like mm-hmm. that or um, am I going to use up the whole page am I going to screw, screw across it am I I can cross out the things I've done all of those things yeah. that doing it on the screen don't offer in the same way so there's a, a growing body of research that suggests that hand handwriting pen and paper um, is particularly beneficial for those creative mm. and and yeah. and cognitive processes I think where it where where this question came from and why this question is so important is at no point in my life has writing saved my life writing has not cured me of anything it's not going to writing is not going to writing does not change the chemical balance in my brain writing has not made the same immediate difference that um medication has Mm. but still I, I I need it I would mm. be lost without it. Mm. And I think I want to question what, what it is about if it is not a cure, then what, what is it? Because it's so important and I couldn't, I couldn't live without it. I, I, but at the same time, it's not, it's not curing anything. As you both said, you know, mm. no, it, that's not what we're But you're expressing yourself, aren't mm. you? You're thinking about yourself. And I always say, does the pen control the mind or does the mind control the pen? That's why I think mm. writing with pen and paper is so important. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to end up with, mm. do you, when you start writing? I mean, Robert Frost, no tears for the writer, no tears for the reader. So you just go, you start writing and wherever it takes mm. you. And... You need to do that. We all need that, I think. I think everyone needs it. And I'm, <laughs> I, I, at, at whatever level, whether it's even just writing a postcard or mm. a postscript or there's something about the physical act of using your pen and connecting with your mind. And of course you need medication. Of course, but, yes. But you mm. need to be you. And you is up here in your head mm-hmm. and it's going to come out with your pen. Mm. I think... Over time, a bit like mindfulness, if you're using a regular practice of writing, it can alter the, the, 
the way the brain fires off so mm-hmm. you can set up new habits so it, yeah. it, it's not going to change if there is a, a particular if there is a particular condition it's mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. going to change that but what it can do as a as a regular process of reviewing and and being pleased with yourself you know, one of the things that came up was about you know i can be pleased with what i've written and engaging in something that literally gets the brain to fire in different ways it, it can over time build up new patterns and it can it's what it symbolizes i think a lot of the time in mental health one of the things that that is so difficult to be with is the fact that the world doesn't feel safe mm-hmm. whether it's our immediate yeah. world yeah. or our internal world it yeah. doesn't feel safe and there's something about that regular process of writing and getting to know yourself and having somewhere that you can go that is safe you know that 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 no one's going to judge you mm. even if in that moment you're judging yourself really badly you can choose where you go on the page you can choose and even though it might not be an easy choice like in in depression you know we'll say it will help you if you take up exercise it will help you if you don't (laughs) sit there doing nothing and ruminating it will help you if you distract yourself Mm. actually it's quite difficult at times when you're really depressed to actually take that That first motivational step of course are there any particular methods you use for people who who are um, perhaps quite reluctant to open up to begin with is I'm imagining if if somebody was was hoping to to get into facilitating creative writing therapy and and the difficulties they might have and and we talked about the idea that if you're stuck in a a certain type of behavior or perhaps you've been you've been told you, you aren't allowed to express yourselves obviously it's great that you have that person in the room with you how do you get past that barrier if if they are finding it particularly difficult to open up to begin with is that a very slow process it can be slow Mm. it's Mm. not going to happen overnight Mm. if someone is very reluctant or very distressed and they Mm. can't I mean it it can be a lot of time maybe just sitting there Mm. and then maybe just reading a little bit of something from somewhere maybe nothing to do with whatever's going on for them but something that's soothing a poem that takes you somewhere else Mm. takes you to the sea or somewhere Mm. and then after time after time I find that they will start to write but it can be very slow Yeah, it just depends. Yeah. When you when you when you said that, Emily, I was thinking about how it's a bit a bit like unless you are a very practiced comedian, if you yeah. if you say to someone, "Oh, you know, I'm quite funny. I always make my friends laugh," and they go, "Right, tell me a joke." You're yeah. going to go, oh, "No, thanks." Yes. So I've, 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 I've never said anything about you. It, it just goes in the same way that if you say, yes. "Right, here's a piece of paper. Yeah. You know, it's write true. something," you're going to go. A or blank page can, can be so frightening. It, it can be. It, the the I we were talking about this idea of, of having yeah. of having to put some blinkers on, of having to mm. have a structure because it it frightens me to just be told, okay, talk. Somebody mm. just yeah. said, that, mm. tell me, tell you know when people ask you how are you feeling, and mm. I am feeling so many horrible or wonderful yes. things at once. I'm just going to say fine because I can't find yeah. the words and yeah. I can't find the the way to express myself so sometimes perhaps you know we say oh people are very reluctant to talk oh and then you know I work with children who you know are things okay oh yeah Mm. they're fine they're fine and it looks very um 
it looks like, oh, well, they, they can't express themselves. But I actually think it's that they just haven't ever really been able to or yeah. allowed to. Mm-hmm. Allowed, you allowed, say. That's the yeah. thing. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking, if you, if you walked into a space and someone said, how are you? And you felt that person genuinely wants to know. Mm. And it wouldn't matter yeah. how you were that, that you could say, actually, yeah. I'm feeling quite suicidal today, mm. that they wouldn't either want to dismiss it or be yeah. horrified yeah. or yeah. just try and take it away yeah. from you then you'd probably feel okay about saying it. Yeah. Not okay as in, great, I'm feeling suicidal, but as in you'd feel, I can actually genuinely yeah. tell this person how I feel. I think it's, I think, you know, it's about we often don't feel we're allowed or that mm. the other person mm. really wants to hear mm. what we're feeling. Mm. And so part of that, mm. part of that group facilitation, part of that one-to-one therapy is about allowing people in their own time to get a sense that actually they are allowed mm. what they have to say is wanted that that mm. and and that there's no pressure because when you were asking that question it sounded a bit like you know you were bringing that pressure that that we all have about mm. you know well, what hap- what happens if if I've got this piece of paper in front of me and I don't know if I and I, I don't know where to begin and, yeah. and that happens in groups sometimes the people well you know or I've set exercises for people to do in one-to-one therapy in between sessions so you know maybe you might want to do that and people sometimes come back and go well I couldn't do it I wasn't able mm. to do it I just looked at it and so I ended up writing that instead and it's like no that's yeah. you know, and no that's not that's not getting it wrong that's that's, yeah, that's great but yeah. if you haven't if you can't maybe that's where um that's where some of the prompts and things that we that we learn we in going to a, a taught yeah. group you can learn mm-hmm. Or from some books, you can learn some techniques that will get you started past that first sentence. And it's about going, it doesn't matter. I don't have to worry if I'm not going to start writing the thing I really think I want to be writing. Mm. I'm just going to start off with writing any old thing. I'm just going to, that's where free writing, where yeah. you might just start writing. Right, so I'm going to write for five minutes. Well, I don't know what I've got to write. I don't know. This is boring. I'm really stuck. I'm really stuck. This is really stupid. Da, 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 da. And you just keep writing whatever comes into yeah. your head. Eventually, it will take you somewhere. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of um, when I was in, I was, a, I was an inpatient in Mile End Hospital and there was nothing to do so Mm. they'd sign you up for all these activities and you'd go to yoga and you'd go and get your nails painted and it was actually it was quite nice (laughs) it was was very relaxing but I remember one um, one of the sessions was art therapy so uh, and we were asked to to draw something and I can't draw at all Mm. not visual and I I would put my hands up and say sorry and I couldn't think of anything you know if someone gives me a pen and says doodle I might draw like a little house. I might. I, there's, I don't have yeah. the capacity mm. in my head to create something visual on the page. I can, on the other hand, obviously I'm much more comfortable with words, and I could mm. have written pages upon pages and pages of something. And I think sometimes I try and think about people who are being asked to mm. write, who don't have any confidence, who are who perhaps have been told through school or through you know through learning difficulties, dyslexia, or whatever, have mm. problems with writing on top of you know expressing themselves. And just that feeling of having a blank page and somebody saying, okay, write. And then, yeah, and, and that being like when somebody told me to draw something and I just thought mm. I can't, po- mm. I was actually quite, I felt quite miffed about the whole situation. I can't do that. And it just... Well, I often quote Jen Hadfield, the poet, who said, take a blank page and let the wilderness in. So I say to them, just write wilderness and then put I remember. 
and then see where that goes. Or if mm. you don't want to put that, just think mm. about letting the wilderness in. Just let your mind go to the paper and let write anything. Even if it's, I don't know why the hell I'm here. That's fine. <laughs> you know, just let it in. Mm. And usually people will write something. Yeah. Even if it's an angry rant. Mm. It's a start. I work with lower sets, uh, smaller lower sets uh, in, the, in the secondary school I'm in. And I, I remember asking them to write me a letter once. Um, and one of the one of the pupils just wrote, "I hate school." Yeah, mm. and he he yeah. needed me to know that. Yeah. I was asking them to yeah. write about their lives, about what they were, and all he needed me to know was, was that yes. he hated school. Yeah. And you know, that meant more perhaps than than somebody writing pages upon pages of something yes. that they always tell people. Um, sometimes I think people might create things in sessions that, although it looks very small, has been a huge step for yeah. them individually. Yeah, because yeah. I always say it's not about quantity. And the quality will come with whatever you write, mm. whatever it is. I suppose I feel a bit fortunate in that respect that I'm always working with people who, so if it's a group, people have chosen to come. So yeah. I'm I, in, in the groups that I run, I'm not going to be working with people who don't, who aren't interested in mm. writing because they know yeah. they, they've chosen to sign yeah. up for it. And in individual therapy, people have chosen to come for therapy. I don't work with people who are literally forced, they're not part of a system where yeah. they have to attend certain sessions. So again, I'll give people a choice. Some of some of my clients really in, in, enjoy engaging in, in work around writing and some really don't want to. And so I, I have the good fortune not to have to impose yes. it on them, if mm -hmm. you like. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but so I think it's yeah. really interesting to hear from what you're both saying that uh, it almost like a, 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 an omission on my part where I thought I hadn't thought about the people who have to go to a group where they're expected like children you know it's yeah. just so obvious I'm just thinking how did I ever think yeah. about that they, they have to write and mm. of course they, they mm. might not want to and you know so because the, the clients who come to me and they don't want to write well they don't have to it's not yeah. it's not what do you feel you can for? offer them more of an opportunity to refine that writing though if you've if you've already you've got people who are very willing then do you feel that you can also offer them something as writers that you can kind of help them hone in their craft oh that's really interesting the people who when people are using writing in therapy mm -hmm. I'm not encouraging the idea of the craft of mm -hmm. writing other than if, if certain um, forms or techniques might be helpful to get the writing going. Yeah. But in that context, it's about being expressive. But I have, in various contexts, um, from people publishing works to people doing doctorates and, and writing theses, people have wanted help with their writing in that context. And it's much more about engaging with the emotional aspect either it might be the emotional blocks to mm -hmm. it but mm -hmm. sometimes if, mm -hmm. if people are writing characters or if people are wanting to think about their audience think what what the kind of work that wendy and i do is helpful to expanding expanding the the creative relationship with your own creativity yeah. wendy do you agree have, have you do you feel yes. that sometimes it is possible to help people at least approach things in a way that might create something more interesting 
Yes, I think when they've when they've got writing and they and they themselves want to improve mm. after a bit as they're getting better or accepting more what the, whatever's going on for them. I was just going to go back to something that Marie was saying earlier um, about schizophrenia, and I've probably got it wrong now. And the chaos in the mind. Because mm. when I worked with children and they were on the ward and they were told you're going into writing now, and they would come in, there were people who had been absolutely frantic in a frenzy on the ward all over themselves and by coming in and by giving prompts for writing they kind of contained their Focus. mind yeah. now I know the, the it's probably the opposite to what I think you were saying earlier sometimes it can be too restrictive or if someone's in a psychotic place and you give them again it's knowing your group isn't yeah, it? and you yeah. give them a, a prompt it might not be the right thing but on the other hand it can sometimes contain a mm. thought up mm. there and mm. they might write chaos or mm. they might write something that's nonsensical around, say, blue, for instance, because I mentioned that earlier. Mm -hmm. But they will be concentrating on the blue word and yes. using their mind to help them come into the world a little bit more. Well, that, uh, yes, well, uh, that, that reminds me of something that a psychiatrist um, said to me um, who worked with speci specifically with people with schizophrenia, and he was saying that one of the techniques they used to um, give to their clients was to tell them to keep talking, to to keep talking yeah. and literally yeah. and talk to. It could not necessarily talk to the voices if the, if the voice is very yes. busy and, and feeling yeah. threatening. To just go and which is why sometimes you would have seen people mm -hmm. walking down the street sort of just talking, talking, yeah. talking yeah. to themselves. And the reason for that was that if you are if your use if your brain is engaged with formulating the words that are coming out of your mouth, yeah. it can't at the same time be generating this other dialogue yeah. and so maybe that's what you're also saying that yes. whilst you're focused on the writing well, you're, you're silencing you're pushing you're pushing those other things behind yeah, yeah you're yeah. silencing the other oh, voices which is good for, for voices intrusive thoughts I suppose mm, yes. as well yeah. um, mm. to have a focus for me in particular I, I really enjoy having like you said just a, a, a space to sit somewhere to be yes. sat down yeah. so I have a desk or yeah. you know I sit at my kitchen table sometimes but I, I am on a chair and I have something in front of me that is this is going to have my complete um, attention right now and it can really in, in the sense that it also takes you away from a place it can really it can really allow me to realize okay I am in my kitchen and then I begin to write about that I am in my kitchen right now I'm sat on my chair right now and mm. it you know this this mindfulness just being in the moment not mm. worrying too much about the past or especially with anxiety anything to do with the next 30 yes. seconds mm. or above um, it's really helpful we were talking about the physicality of writing and, mm. and the, like I said having yes. that page that chair yeah. and knowing that that is all that matters for I will write for 30 seconds if I'm still happy I'll write for another 30 and then you create sometimes it doesn't even matter about the content mm. and I think that that's what is important we, we've touched on this before in our conversation earlier when you were saying it doesn't have to be good no. and as yeah. soon as you realize yeah. there is no wrong way to do something yeah. it can be really quite freeing it can be exciting uh, and ultimately I think obviously it can be incredibly helpful how as how as facilitators do you protect yourselves during sessions and and in aftercare? You're exposed to some very um, 
traumatic and difficult things. We were speaking earlier about um, mm. this idea that you you take so much on, but ultimately you 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 know you are human beings. Sometimes people are put in mm. people are drawn to certain professions mm. because of their own personal experiences that might be similar to what people are expressing within a group situation. What do you do to protect yourselves as facilitators? I, th I think it's very important to have someone else, a mentor or someone outside mm. the group that you can talk to or a supervisor that you can um, go through the group process, what's happened, what, so that you're not carrying the whole baggage yourself. I mean, you still are, mm. but you can talk things through and think about how to ha handle things next time. I don't think there is really a protection, is there? It has to come from within, really. We have to know when, we've, when we have to stand back a bit. Mm. Which isn't easy if you're running a six-week group and there's somebody who's very disturbing for five weeks. Yeah, yeah, you have to carry it yeah. and, and, and have someone you can talk to. Mm -hmm. mm. That's, uh, 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 having come from a therapy training, as in therapy trained mm -hmm. background, and then from the masters that I did, there was a lot of emphasis placed on safety mm -hmm. and on safety for both participants and for yourself and yes supervision mm. is 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 one of those i mean as as a therapist it's it's a requirement where you meet with a supervisor yeah. and talk about your work and and talk about yourself as well it's it's checking in where yeah. you are and and has has some has somebody's story really affected you? Has it touched on something mm. that's that's maybe raw for you? And as and as therapists, we we can we have therapy for, throughout our training, and a lot of therapists will be dipping in and out of personal therapy mm. as well afterwards. So there mm. is there is that aspect, but in the same way that also we're inviting our clients to write that. We might also yeah. write. Mm. So if we feel high, you know, enormously affected by something, mm. um, you know, we could write about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where that other aspect of safety, where we might shred things, or you know, mm -hmm. you might, if yeah. you're doing something just to express things for yourself, as with clients, you can say you don't have to keep it if you if you don't want to yeah. want to see it. You can yeah. you can get rid of it. But I think training, knowing your boundaries, knowing when you need to stop. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, knowing if there might be things going on. There was a, I had a, a period in my life when there were a whole series of events that happened and I needed to take a little bit of time out because I knew I wasn't going to be mm. able to be fully present and, and available mm. to the people I work with. So I think there's a lot about knowing yourself. Also, I mean, I, I trained as a family therapist mm. and um, when we'd have our meetings, we we'd... At the time, one time I was having a lot of problems with one of my sons. So any family that came with a son with a problem about that age, that was something that I didn't go near. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would take a completely different problem with mm -hmm. a different family. Yeah. So it's yeah. the same in a group, really. If you know something's going on for someone that might be touching on something on you, you'd take a completely different stance with how you'd run that group or what you take in for them to write about. We've had a very rich conversation today about some really important issues I, and I think it, I, I would like to end with an idea of how do people get involved whether someone uh, we were talking about that you, you might need to be referred um, and that was something but how, how do people get involved in, in the work that both of you um, are currently doing 
Well, for me, the, the work I've been doing has uh, been, or well, the recent project I've been doing has been at the Macmillan Cancer Centre, UCH, mm -hmm. um, in London. And it, so people could, uh, it was going on, it was a free workshop, two hours every Tuesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. People could just sign up. When I've worked in schools, people have generally been referred. Mm. So it's mm. different. I haven't got a private practice, mm -hmm. so I just go. Um, <laughs> do you sometimes do things with lapidus? Yes, I have done in the past. I haven't yeah. done for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah but I have done. Mm. Mm. So, with, so it, lapidus with, is lapidus, lapidus is this national organisation, but they have um, regional groups as well. So yes. For example, there's one in London. I started the London one a few years oh, ago, but yeah, I, do, I very rarely go now. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> But they sometimes do workshops and yes. they do training things. I think if people were interested in learning how to do it, oh, so they, that I was, yeah. I was yeah. thinking you can go to various workshops and there's, yeah. the, there's the course that's run by Metanoia, mm -hmm. um, the one that I did, that you can go for either a year and do a certificate, two years and do a postgrad diploma or three years and do the masters and it's oh, a, really? it, it teaches you how to do it. Um, there's a, it's based in Bristol and London, isn't yes. it? So mm -hmm. two, mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And if you were interested in in, in, participating, in, in participating, yeah, then Lapidus, Lapidus is the best. And I think. Norway, and N A W E. That both of their websites have lists of workshops and groups yes. that people are running nationally. Oh, nationally, great. Yeah, and you can also look on places like Meetup, um, the website Meetup mm -hmm. that that runs. Um, you know, things to go to. They've got them in London, in all the various towns and cities. And people often offer workshops on there as well. But I'd say just check out if you're going to be, if, you, if you've got, if you're struggling with your mental health and you're going to join a group, a work, a writing group, and you want it to be something that's going to be to enhance your well-being, I would say check out the credentials of the person mm -hmm. who's oh, doing it. You have to be so careful. There are people who start writing groups like that with no qualifications and it's dangerous. Lapidus, I think, is a good start. Yes. You, yes, don't, you might not okay. want to sign up for a year's class, uh, like uh, the... Metanoia. Yes. That's right, but, just but, do a workshop. Exactly, but work, um, Lapidus, you can do odd workshops and it mm -hmm. will show you how interested you are yeah. and, and, yeah. and routes to go to take your um, interest further. Mm, mm. But so, yeah, but definitely if, 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 if your mental health can, is, 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 can, it can be precarious or if you struggle with your, yeah. with your mental health, then in those situations, I think it's really important to, yes. to look for a facilitator who has experience of working in mental health. Absolutely. Which isn't to, to say anything bad about facilitators who don't, um, because there's lots of writing yeah. groups for wellbeing. Um, that are run by people who've got loads of experience doing writing for well-being, yeah. but I think if if we're talking about borderline personality, yeah. if we're talking about bipolar, if we're mm -hmm. talking about psychotic illnesses, um, for example, yeah. I think the space that you can be yeah. held with someone who, if you had a wobble yeah. and would, needed would to, yes. to, who would yeah. who would know how to to be with you and contain that. That's a personal view, and I, no, I, I totally to, agree with you. I don't you. want to offend anybody no, who's, no. who's who's not doing that. But um, no, because writing for well-being is quite quite different. Mm. Yeah, mm. It, yes. No, I think it's important that you mm. make that 
that point and, mm. and, and the, the different the differentiation between those two things I think is really yes writing for well-being is, is a, a very commendable but writing with people with mental health problems is quite different mm. thank mm. you to both uh, Wendy and Marie thank you so much to finish off with we are each going to read poetry written by young people uh, in psychiatric hospital we will be reading the work but not the names of the writers um, I'm, I'm going to read this poem because it's um, it's a hard poem. It's emotionally difficult to uh, read and think about. But I've chosen it because a young man came into us at the age of 17 in a very, very distressed state. He'd had an appalling uh, experience. He came into the writing group. He wouldn't write. He sat. He um, rubbished other people's work. And then... I said, the only rule is that we have to respect one another. And then he came in and he sat and he didn't, uh, he didn't write, but after a bit he wrote. And this is the first poem he wrote, but I'm reading it and it's hard to hear. But I'm, we must remember that after this, he wrote much more positively. He was in hospital for about a year. He left, he got a job, he did really well. He came back and started to talk to all the other young people about how they just had to get over the hurdle and life would be better for them. What is better, shit or me? Shit serves a function, I don't. Shit goes through the system, I don't. Shit isn't alive, I'm jealous. How I wish I was shit. What is my excuse for living? Am I the only sperm my dad was giving? When he died, he did it properly. When I tried, I was too sloppy. I only did it for a scare. I knew she'd find me lying there trying hard not to breathe, how I wished I hadn't been conceived. But that was the beginning of his road to recovery mm. and he got a job mm. and has done well. Untitled. Waiting for it to go away, give me a voice to speak. No point in thinking too much, I told you far too much. Never leave me here. If I could, I'd run away. I wish I had nothing to do with me. If I were younger, I'd plug my ears. Imagine if I weren't desperate. I've told you everything. Don't stop being there. I've chosen poems that have a different flavour, if you like, and are representative of the kind of work that I will sometimes do with people where we are inviting playing with words as a particular as a particular way of of writing um, and one of them uh, and going back to that idea of how do you get started if you're just looking at a, a piece of paper is to take the first line of somebody else's poem so there are a selection of poems in this book by these young people that start with the line this is just to say which is a great line to start anything you can go anywhere with it but it's um uh, William Carlos Williams, I think, is the original uh, writer. So this poem really appealed to me. It says, this is just to say, I'm not who you think I am. I can change, but don't need to, except for you. Am I really in this class, or am I still dreaming? I can't tell the difference. Can you? And the other poem that also is about playing with words that I think can be really nice. This is the kind of poem that I see would be, apart from anything else, a great way of getting the visual mind working, but also just 
just playing with images and having a bit of fun on the page as a, as a distraction in those moments when it can all feel a bit too much. Carrots or parrots? <laughs> a carrot is a vegetable, a parrot is a bird, a carrot is orange, but a parrot can be rainbow. I've never had a conversation with a carrot, but then I've never eaten diced, boiled bird. <laughs> However hard they try, carrots cannot fly. That's why you'll never find a carrot in the sky. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you um, to both Wendy French and Marie Larkin um, for coming today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been really good yeah. to, to, to share and talk it about has. this. It has, and to air our views. Thank mm. you very much. Thank you, Marie. Thank, Thank you. you.